What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Thirst Quench Thursday, Thirst Quench Ministry, Thirst Quench Podcast. I am your host, Chadwick Rosebrough Sr., and I am absolutely humbled and elated that y'all chose to kick with me on tonight. Again, tonight, we'll be coming from the subject, It's All On You Now. It's All On You Now. Um, Listen, let's pray. Father, we are so grateful for you, God. There is nobody like you. God, no matter how we search or look or search or try to find anybody, God, we will never find anybody who equates to you, who makes us feel the way that you do, who keeps his promises the way that you do, who loves us the way that you do, who protects us the way that you do, God. So simply, uh, we say thank you right now, God, because there is nobody like you in all of the earth. God, thank you for even though there's so many millions and billions of people, you know my name. When I don't feel like I matter, God, you know my name. When I feel like everybody else is overlooking me, God, you know my name. So, God, thank you for simply being God. Thank you for loving me for me. Thank you for seeing the very best in me. God, I pray right now that you decrease me 100% so these people see and hear none of me, God, but they see and hear all of you. Pray the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart are acceptable in your sight, God. You are my strength and my redeemer. I am an empty vessel, God. Fill me up until my cup runs over. It was in your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, and amen. My mama definitely be listening, lifting up Uncle Osco. Miss Julia, I've not seen Miss Julia in a minute. I hope you and your family are well. Ain't Helen, good to see you. Uh, my... Um, my law student is on here, Haley. Good to see you. Listen, let's jump right in this thing, okay? We're going to be coming from First Chronicles. First Chronicles 21. First Chronicles 21. Um, typically, I don't read a lot of verses, but tonight I think I got. I have to read four, five. We'll see. Not many. So listen, let's jump in this thing. All right, so it says like this. So Gad went to David and said to him, this is what the Lord says. Take your choice. Three years of famine, three months of being swept away before your enemies with their swords overtaken you, or three days of the sword of the Lord, days of plague in the land with the angel of the Lord ravaging every part of Israel. Now then decide how I should answer the one who sent me. Here it is. David said to Gad, I am in deep distress. Let me fall into the hands of the Lord. For his mercy is very great, but do not let me fall into human hands. Here it is, verse 14. So the Lord sent a plague on Israel, and 70,000 men of Israel fell dead. And God sent an angel to destroy Israel, I mean Jerusalem, sorry. But as the angel was doing so, the Lord saw it and relented, relented uh, concerning the disaster, and said to the angel who was destroying the people, enough withdraw your hand i'm gonna say that one more time here it is it says the angel of the lord sent a plague on israel and seventy thousand men of israel fell dead as seventy thousand soldiers fell dead here it is and god sent an angel to destroy jerusalem but as the angel was doing so it says that god saw this and relented concerning the disaster and said to the angel who was destroying the people enough withdraw your hand uh Haley I just saw that the IG um I don't know if it's live or not I I kept I, I keep trying so I'm gonna 
try one more time to upload it. Y'all give me one second with this IG. So many platforms. Let's see. All right. Um, all right. So that's First Chronicles. I don't know. I don't think it's going live, Haley, on this. We had to stay on uh, Facebook. Um, First Chronicles 21, 11 through 15. Is that what it says? So, again, the topic up for tonight is it's all on you now. It's all on you now. So just a little backdrop in this. What David did, David sent um, one of his um, servants to get a census I get a count of all the people in Israel. He wanted a census in Israel. Um, and this was a harsh thing. You wanted to get a number. This would not please God. And if you know anything about David, other than the incident with Bathsheba, um, which I don't write that off lightly because a lot of people say, you know, he saw her and slept with her. But truth be told, David raped Bathsheba. Let's be real about that thing. OK. And so if you know David, anytime David went to battle, he went, he did not fight in his flesh, but he fought in the name of the Lord. So if he went anything, he'd already prayed about it. He had heard swiftly from God. That's how he was able to, able to take his 10,000s people. That's how he was able to kill. Even when Saul pursued him, David honored the word of the Lord. Even when the Lord said, even though he's pursuing you, I'll protect you. Don't lay a hand on his head. David did as he was told. That's why David was honored. That's why David was one of the most loved and feared kings um, in all of the land. That's why David was protected. That's why he was able to kill so many people because he honored the word of the Lord. He found trust in God's word. Anytime he was going about it, he would pray. God would say, listen, attack them now or don't attack them. Instead of attacking them from a the front, I need you to go around. He was in tune with what God was saying. But this particular time, you know how we do. I feel like David got in his flesh a little bit. David got in his flesh and God had to spank him. God had to deal with this situation. Um, and when God sent Gad, Gad was like David's pastor. God, God, that Gad G-A-D, Gad was the person who David would talk to uh, when he was bothered. That was who, you know, you know how you talk to your pastor when something's going on. That's basically who Gad was to him. And so when Gad came to him on God's behalf, he said to him, listen, the Lord is not pleased with this. You have three choices. You can take three years of famine. And if you know about the children of Israel, um, here it is. They knew about famines and they knew about plagues. When Moses was trying to tell him, let my people go, you remember he sent plagues, he, he sent plagues of gnats, he sent plagues um, um, of darkness, he sent plagues of, of uh, to kill the livestock, he sent plagues of boils on their body. So they know about these things. And so David, being a king who took pride in how people viewed him, said, you know what, let me hear the list that God has already told you to talk to me about. So he said, listen, you got three choices. You can have three years of famine. Listen. And here, here's why you got to pay attention to the small things, because it didn't say what type of famine. It said you were going to have three years. In other words, things are not going to grow. Things are not going to prosper. They're probably going to people who they're probably going to be some people who are going to go hungry. And as a result, they're going to be some people who die of starvation. So it's three years of famine. And that doesn't really affect him because he's in the palace. And if nobody eats, he's going to eat. So he has to consider his people as well as himself in this instance. So here it is. It says, do you want three years of famine? Do you want three months of basically your enemies pursuing you and overtaking you with their sword? Here it is. And if you understand, if you've listened to what David said, listen, he said, I'll take the hand of the Lord because he has some mercy on me. 
Matter of fact, it says because why? It says because his mercy. Let's read this Bible how it says. It says, so the Lord is distressed. Let me fall into the hands of the Lord for his mercy is very great. But do not let me fall into the human hands. So that automatically took away choice number two because of his enemies. And listen, David had enemies. David had many enemies because he sent, he killed tens of thousands of people. And so as you can imagine, there were a lot of people who feared him. Yes, but at the same time hated him. So you got to understand if he fell into the enemy's hands, there would be no telling how they would choose to kill him, how they would choose to destroy him, make him suffer. And that's why you have to be careful who you allow to handle you. And that may be a word for somebody right now. There may be somebody in your life who's handling you like you are not a delicate package. Listen to me. It's okay if you're a delicate package. Everybody can't handle you the way that you deserve to be handled. That's why you have to be careful who you allow to handle you. Here it is. I remember when I met my wife, the first thing she told me, she said, that I am a package deal. I automatically knew what it meant because chance. She's saying, listen, you can't have me if you're not willing to accept my son. I said, listen, I know you're a package deal. I understand. I respect that. I want you and your son, who is my son now. Listen, I want the both of you. I understand. And I respect that package deal. But here it is. Here it is. Here it is. Not only did she say that she was a package deal, but she told me to handle her delicately. And I remember on my wedding day, part of my vows, you know, I went off the dome because I'm, you know, sometimes, you know, the Lord blesses you with to be a little smooth. So I went off the dome with my with my vows because I knew if she was to have some vows that made me feel like, man, she really came with it. I was going to have to sing. Well, it's been five years, you know, whatever. But, you know, I did that. You know, I did what I did. But here it is. I remember one thing I said. I said, listen, when you handle a package that has the word fragile wrote on it. You can't just drop that thing anywhere. You have to hold it. You have to make sure you sit it right side up. You have to know where you can place it. And that's what I'm telling you right now. You have to be aware of how somebody handles you because you may be in a fragile season in your life. Miss Lucinda, how you doing? Tell my girl I said hello, Miss Ruthie. Listen, you may be in a fragile place in your life and who you allow to handle you can make you or break you. You have to be okay telling some people, no, I'm not in a season where you can deal with me like that. And even when you get to the point where you are a little bit more stern, where you are a little bit more uh, strong in your stance, you still don't allow people to handle you the way they choose to handle you. You have to set the standard. You have to set the bar for how you allow people to handle you. What do you mean by handle me? You have to allow, you have to know how to allow people to talk to you. How to, how do you allow people to engage with you? How you allow people to treat you? How you allow people to put their hands on you listen to me you control the narrative of your life i told you once i told you twice i'm gonna tell you again everybody does not deserve a front row seat in your life what does that mean that mean listen have you ever gone to the movie if there is nobody if there is nobody in any seat if there's somebody anywhere in the movies there will be nobody on the front row why? Because the further back they stand, the more they can see. But listen, people don't want to see more. They want to see you. 
Listen, here it is. What do you mean they don't want to see more? They want to see you. What I mean is they don't want to see more. They don't care about the big picture. They want to care about what you have going on right then. That's why people want a front row seat in your life so they can pay attention to the details that you got going. No, baby, you're not going to always get it right. And just like there's some people in the Bible, there is not going to always be somebody there to help you up when you fall. As a matter of fact, there are some people who are standing on the sideline looking at you fall. Why? So they can call you dead before you hit the ground i'm here to tell you if you are in the black community and can i preach this thing i don't know how many times somebody has been on their deathbed and you already got the text message they already gone lord bless them you know such and such has already died listen baby before the doctor pronounces you dead don't let anybody ever speak death over your life that's why you have to be careful who you allow to handle you what are you saying preacher what are you saying what i'm saying is everybody cannot get up close and personal that's why i told you when we first started this thing if you got one best friend let's talk about it if you got two we may have to have a discussion if you've got more than two or three what you call best friends baby i need for you to reevaluate who you call your best friends I had a conversation with somebody yesterday what they say to me they said listen associates i have many but friends i can count them on one hand and have fingers left over that is the first time i heard that but that is the best thing that i've heard in a long time i have plenty of associates i come in contact with a lot of people baby but there are people who will only see the chad that i want them to see why because everybody i dare y'all to type everybody in your screen everybody does not deserve a front row seat in your life you have to be guarded you have to be specific with who you allow why listen here here is the thing about the moves i love the moves Especially before the pandemic, I probably went two or three movies a week. We would go and hit this movie. No, we wouldn't skip movies. We would go and pay. We'd go this movie and go to this movie and go this movie. We'd spend a day watching the movie. Here it is. Here's the thing about your life, baby. You decide who can buy a ticket. Good Lord. I'm, I'm, about, to, I'm, I'm about to really dig into this thing and preach this thing. Here it is. You decide who can purchase a ticket. Here it is. Welcome, Maya. Here it is. Just because a person has the money, just because a person has the funds, just because a person has a good talk game, that does not mean that their money is welcomed at your establishment. Lord, have mercy. One of my favorite movies, I know I'm saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost. One of my favorite movies of all time is always going to be Eddie Murphy and Martin Lawrence Life. I can quote that whole movie up and down. Me and my brother used to watch that movie every night before we went to school. Here it is. And in the movie, they was just wanting some pies. <laughs> I'm about to make this thing make sense to you. All they wanted was some pies. They were from up north. So they had a little bit of change in their pocket. And listen, he said, listen, don't those pies smell good? It smells good, right? And she says... Whites only pies. Lord have mercy. Make it make sense, Rose Brown. I'm about to, I'm about to bring this thing into. Listen, y'all share this. I need somebody to hear this right here. And 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 Ray said, "Listen, my name Claude Banks. How? No, he said my name Ray Gibson. How much is it gonna take to turn one of those whites only pies into Negro pies?" And she said, how about I turn y'all into Negro pies? In other words, what are you saying, preacher? Just because they had the money does not mean that they could get the pies that were for sale. What are you saying, preacher? I'm saying this right here. Just because a person wants an invite into your life does not mean that they deserve an invite into your life. And even if they think that they do deserve an invite into your life, baby, if you don't see a place for them. Yeah. Don't let them in. Don't feel here it is. Here it is. This is gonna set somebody free right here. Listen, don't feel bad about 
not letting somebody in your life. Why? Because that's your life. You have to be okay telling some people no. As a matter of fact, type that on your screen real quick. Type no. And when you type no, wherever you are, I need for you to say no. Say no. Mm -mm, mm -mm. Not this time. Mm -mm. I'm good, honey. Thank you. Grace and peace be unto you. Nah, I'm cool. I, I, how do you say How do you say no in Chinese? I don't know. Practice. Say no. I ain't seen that on the screen yet. Listen, say no. Give that. Get it because it's hard for you because a lot of people don't like confrontation. But here it is. We have to learn a thing called confrontation connotation. In other words, confrontation does not always have to be a negative thing. You just have to know how to deal with the situation. Baby, as long as you go into a situation open and open minded to guard you, then baby, you come out on top. Here it is. Y'all ain't y'all only say the one time I told you got to practice that thing. Say no. And you ain't even got to have no attitude when you say it. Baby, say no. Nah. Listen, can I get an invite into your life? Mm, nah, I'm cool. Why? I'm cool. Thank you. I, 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 you don't owe a person an explanation for why they can't get into your life. Here it is. You have the right to refuse any service to anybody in your life. Oh, have mercy. And here it is. Here it is. I'm excited about this one right here. Here it is. Let me read this. The point I got wrote down. Here it is. Here it is. Here it is. Just because a person is in your life right now does not mean they have permanent access. Yeah. What does permanent access mean? That means that's somebody who's going to be there forever, baby. Listen to me. Just because they are in your life right now does not mean that they have permanent access in your life. Somebody shout permanent access. Type that on your screen. Permanent access. The only person who should reside in your life forever and ever and ever should be the one true king. Darlene, welcome. I missed you today, girl. Listen, you have to be okay with not everybody having permanent residence in your house. Here it is. How do you feel? If somebody stayed in your house Grown Able to work But didn't work Every time I come in the kitchen You in the kitchen Eating up all the food How would you feel if every time You came in your house It was somebody there who did not contribute anything Baby let me make this thing make clear to you As long as you have a person residing in your life Who does not deserve to be there You are giving somebody free access to your life Without them, with them not paying a dime of rent What could the rent be? You have to be, you have to be knowledgeable how, about how you allow people to deposit into your life It ain't always good conversations You have to have some people in your life who tell you when you tripping Listen Grow up Get mature enough. The beginning of this text, when David sent the man out to get the census, he said, listen, we, we ought not do that. Here it is. You have to have somebody in your life who said, man, you tripping. Girl, I don't know about that one. If you don't have anybody in your life who will check you, then baby, you got to reevaluate your circle. Why? Because if you go and check your whole life, then baby, you ain't going nowhere. What's that mean? Every now and then you got to run into a stop sign or a red light. Everywhere you go can't be green. You have to be okay stopping. Why do you stop? So that you can check both directions before you proceed. Why do you stop? So that you can allow some other people to go in front of you. Why would you allow somebody else to go in front of you? Baby, there are people. Ask your grandmama. Ask your grandmama. There are prayers that you are writing now that your grandmama prayed. That she never got to see come into existence. But baby, as long as you are living the way that you are supposed to live. I feel good about this text right here. Listen to me. You have to be okay allowing some people to go in front of you, baby. Because there are some roadblocks that they'll have to stop at. That you won't have to stop at 
because they went through them first. There are some bumps in the road that you can avoid if you slow down and let them go first. Here it is. Here it is. Any of y'all watch football? Le'Veon Bell was one of the best running backs in the world before he set out that season, got traded to the New York Jets. And one of the most amazing things about how he ran the ball was his patience. It used to look like he wouldn't even move until the play developed, and then he would hit that hole faster than anybody else could imagine. What are you saying, preacher? I'm telling you that there are going to be some times in your life where it's necessary, somebody type necessary, where it's necessary for you to step back and allow somebody else to go first so that you can see some things to avoid. Here it is. But when David answered him in verse 13, he says, listen, I am in deep distress. But let me fall into the hands of the Lord. For his mercy is very great. But do not let me fall in the human hands. So here it is. Verse 14 says, so the Lord sent a plague on Israel and 70,000 men of Israel fell dead. Here it is. And God sent an angel to destroy Israel. Or why do I keep saying Israel? Jerusalem. But as the angel was doing so, the Lord saw it and had to backpedal. The Lord saw it and relented concerning the disaster. Here it is. I had the hardest time with this text because every time I've heard it taught and preached, I hear people preach it when God had to apologize. When God had to say, I'm sorry. When God had to backpedal. No, baby. God didn't backpedal. God didn't have to apologize. When you see the word relented in this text, listen to me. Sometimes God operates on this thing called grace. Used to have a friend say, Favor ain't fair, but I thank God for it. Every day that I pray, I pray God and I thank Him for His grace and His mercy. I need those two tag team champions in my life. Why? Because grace is what keeps you. Listen, let's keep digging this thing. Here it is. And so, no, God didn't backpedal. No, God didn't say He was sorry. No, God didn't make a mistake and have to come back and fix this thing. Sometimes God says, Enough is enough. Lord, have mercy. I heard you when you cried out, Enough is enough. I saw you when you were on your knees praying and you thought nobody heard you. What a friend we have in Jesus, all of our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege. Somebody shout privilege. What a privilege it is to be able to carry everything to God in prayer. Here it is. You've got to know that God has his hand on you still. I don't care how dark your season is. Can I dig into this thing real personal? Listen, when I sat on that couch when I was recovering, before I had my search, here it is. I was in one place. I cried my eyes out all the time. I felt like God did not hear me. But here it is. He never took his hand off of me. <laughs> and that's why David had the cognizant ability to realize, listen, you can take me anywhere, but don't let me go into the hands of human. Don't let me go fall into human hands. But listen to me. I need for God to let his, let his hands fall on me. Why? Because his mercy is great what am i saying preacher i don't care how far you've fallen his mercy is great for you and even after god had to chastise him why because he chastises those that he loved here it is so even after god sent a plague and seventy thousand men fell dead after he saw that that was enough god said i'm not making this up the bible says this god said enough Withdraw your hand. What are you saying, preacher? Here it is. I believe this is my own uh, theological uh, expertise. This is my own theological discussion right here. I believe that God said enough because David said it's all on me now. 
I did that. I made the decision to call the senses out in the first verse of this text. So I'm going to be mad enough to say, you know what? I could allow this famine to come on my land for three years. I could allow for us to be swept away by our enemies and them to take us over by their sword. Or I could say, you know what? I did this. This, 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 this is on me. So I'm going to allow the hand of the Lord to cause justice in this situation. Listen to me. Listen to me. It's that love. It's a love and wrath. You can't have one without the other. Every time he chastises you, it's still in love. Every time you've got to go through a hard situation. Here it is. It's still in love. You can't. I Listen, I, I didn't ever watch um, uh, uh, Al Bundy, but I used to hear that theme song all the time. Love and the marriage. Love and the marriage. Go together like a horse and carriage. This I tell you, brother. You can't have one without the other. You can't have God's love and not have God's wrath. What does that mean? That means that even in his love, even in his wrath, even on the cross, there was still love demonstrated. Yes, he had to suffer, but it was for the love of you. Yes, he had to be beat. Yes, he was spit on. Yes, they mocked him. But baby, it was all for the love of you. Listen, that's what I told you. I told you in our prayer. It don't matter how many millions of billions of trillions of people there are in this world. Baby, he still knows your name. Dana, he knows your name. Miss Catherine, he knows your name. Reverend, he knows your name. Christy Littlejohn, he knows your name. Lucinda, he knows your name. Listen to me. He knows your name. And I told you, I'm a firm believer that God said enough is enough because David said, you know what? It's all on me now. And here it is. The whole point for this text is to say what? There'll come a point in time where you've got to stop pointing the finger and allow other people stop allowing other people to suffer for your mess. It's only so many times that the man can keep you from getting a job. There's only so many times that the white man can stop you from succeeding. There's only only so many times that you can blame being a bad father on your baby mama. There's only so many times that you can blame being an inactive mother on your your baby's daddy. There are only so many times that you can say, I would have done this, but my mama never. I would have been this, but my daddy never. I would have been able to accomplish this, but my family never. Listen, baby, it's all on you now. Why? Because if you're listening to my voice. You still got a chance. May the Lord bless you and keep you. That means that you're able to go and be kept. Listen to me. Kept is a past tense word. Mercy. That means if you're hearing me now, he's still a keeper. I need for y'all to hear me. I don't care what situations you go through. The text says it's all on you now. David said, listen, I'm under deep distress. Don't hear me walk across that like that doesn't mean anything. What David's basically telling us right there is that when you walk right, it won't always be easy. Listen, I'll be the first to tell you. I'm one of the ones I tell you right here. I'll say it. I'll be in a pulpit. I'll be on Thirst Quench Thursday and I'll say he'll cause your sleepless nights to cease. But truth be told, (coughs) there are some nights that need to be sleepless. Because the night time is the still time is the quiet time. And God's going to get your attention one way or another. 
If it needs for you to hear him closely and you so doggone busy during the day that you don't even make time for him. I would argue that he'll interrupt your sleep to make sure that you hear him. So the next time you can't sleep, instead of grabbing your Z-Quill, instead of grabbing your NyQuil, instead of being frustrated, here it is, say this, say, God, what are you saying to me? I remember when I was a kid, every time I read the Bible, I'd go to sleep. Narcoleptic sleep. I remember I would get up in the middle of the night and say, Mom, I can't sleep. She said, go read your Bible. There are some things that you have to stay awake with with God. You have to be able to hear him clearly. He'll remove all distractions from you. And sometimes he'll make you uncomfortable. <clears throat> when I went through my episode. I was so uncomfortable. But I had never been closer to Jesus. I experienced him in such an intimate way. That there is no way I would have been able to experience without going through what I went through. So as much as it sucked. I have to thank God because sometimes you have to realize that it's all on you now. Sometimes you got to realize that enough is enough. However long I've got to go through what I got to go through. God will say enough is enough when enough is enough. The old folk used to say he may not come when you want him. But he'll be there right on time. My generation says he may not come when you want him, but you will want him when he comes. And if that's you and you've made excuses your whole life. Now is your opportunity to get it right. Now is your opportunity to say, man, I had to really stop and check myself. I've really been tripping. I've, I've really been making excuses about everything and if you truthfully listen and, and are obedient and do some self-evaluation you've probably been that way your whole life i didn't make the team well it's such and such fault i didn't get class president well it's such and such fault i didn't get this well it's such and such fault god didn't show up for me when i needed him it's because such and such happened no, baby, it's because you had no preparation. I'm a firm believer that God's not going to give you anything that you aren't prepared for. That's why we get upset with him because when we think we're supposed to have something. No, baby, there's sometimes in your life where he protects you through delaying you. My time's now. I got now. No, baby, you got tomorrow. You got next week. It ain't now. God did preparation for ministry for 30 years. He did ministry for three. Here it is. Which one of those was more important? The preparation or the ministry? Because without the preparation, what is your ministry? Listen, if that's you and you feel like you are overdue, Keep preparing. Keep digging. Keep trusting God. Because God will work that thing out for you. He's a God. He cannot fail. Let's pray. Father, we thank you right now.
for showing us, God, that it's all on us. I need you like never before to help me through this journey. Thank you, God, for using David to show me. There are sometimes I have to accept responsibility for me. I messed up, God. But your will be done. I fell down because I was somewhere I wasn't supposed to be. But God, your will be done in my life. I don't necessarily agree with what's going on. But God, your perfect will be done in my life. God, we love you. We praise you. We are forever grateful for you. I pray for everybody under the sound of my voice. I pray for every family in bereavement right now, for grieving right now, God. I pray that your perfect will is done in their life, God. I pray that you wrap your loving arms around them, God. Be strength, peace, and comfort to them like never before. We love you. We praise you. We trust you. We thank you for your grace and your mercy. That is very great. For in your son Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen, amen. And amen. Listen. May the sun rise to meet you. May the wind be at your back. May the sun shine warm upon your face. And may heaven greet you. It's in Jesus name we pray. Amen. Listen, y'all be blessed. Decisions for me. <laughs>